Welcome to Insignium Bits, conversations about breakthrough, innovation, and transformation. Welcome back on Insignium Bits. My name is Anna Islamova. I am consultant with Insignium, and this is a second podcast on diversity and inclusion. Today, I welcome back Tracy Holloman, a consultant with Insignium who is an expert in catalyzing collaborative cultures in organizations around the world. Welcome, Tracy. Thank you, Anna. I'm very happy to be back again. Absolutely. And in our last episode, we, we talked about the impact of hidden biases, like the biases who, when, when we, we can't see them. And we also talked about personal responsibility uh, in creating the environment that is diversity-friendly in organizations. In our last conversation, you pointed out that we all have biases. Yes, we do. Um, yeah, yeah, we, we do. <laughs> now I know that I do too. And it's, it's our personal responsibility to take actions inside of discovering those biases. Now, what do I do if I don't know if I have those filters and biases? Is there, is there a way to reveal them? You've really got to examine, um, you know, and we, we did an exercise at the firm, right, where we looked at um, our circle of friends and people that we trust. You know, who are the people that are the same age as us, maybe the same ethnic background as us, maybe same culture? Um, are they married? Are they single? Are they gay? Are they, you know, non-binary? So we had to look at many, we look at many different things, to determine if we do have a bias. You know, I I remember last year, uh, an individual talking to me about uh, George Floyd, you know, and that they, while they felt for him that he had died, they felt also too that he deserved what he got, right? Because he had a criminal background. And I said to him, you know, well, haven't you ever done anything wrong in your life? And I said, and what if you could you know, write that wrong, would you? And he said, well, yeah. And I said, well, what if you weren't given a chance? I said, so the bias here was that this person deserved what they got. But really, in reality, it wasn't that he deserved what he got. It was, I saw his criminal background. I saw the things that he's done. And therefore, he deserved it. Instead of looking at there was a human being laying on the ground with someone's knee on their neck where they couldn't breathe. Absolutely. So, yeah. And I can see how this conversation could be different if that would occur to a different kind of person. So inside of organization, what do you think could be like the best practices? And I'm going to give you a little context for this because diversity and inclusion can become like a check mark. Absolutely. We have this thing that we need to manage so we're good, so we can have a profitability and address the markets versus how do you keep the empowering context or empowering structure really to have organization be excited about this? First of all, there's got to be a commitment to being socially responsible as an organization. Hmm. Uh, I was just reading an article about corporate social responsibility. And um, what I realized is that, you, you know, if you don't do something as if you do check, take it as a checkbox, or let me just check the box here, 
and say that we have something around diversity and inclusion, what you're missing out on is the richness of the diverse people and backgrounds and experiences in your organization and what people actually bring to the table. When people see other people that look like them or other people from the same backgrounds as them, they're more inclined to bring their full selves to work. So that means that you, again, have a melting pot, a melting pot where there's all diverse backgrounds, experiences, ages, you know, I can't say it enough, but if you don't have that, if you if you don't put an infrastructure in place for that, where you're number one, having conversations around the topics, um, you're teaching people or helping them to understand what bias is and how it plays out in the work environment, you're missing a huge opportunity uh, for people to understand what their own biases are and to reflect on them and to really check themselves in the moment of where they are at work who they're working with, what they're working on, and questioning, well, wait a minute, am I being biased here in my response and in my thinking? Because, you know, we have background conversations about people and situations, and it's not until we check those things that we actually understand that, you know what, I may have a bias. I may be thinking something here that I probably shouldn't be thinking, or maybe I'm thinking it, maybe I need to bring this conversation to the individual that I have the comp that I have the bias about and ask so I can validate my, my thinking or check my thinking. Wow. That, that would be the next step for me, actually. I I didn't even think about bringing my my curiosity about, okay, I think I might have a bias and bringing it to someone that I might have a bias about that, that would take something. Many companies start off with, let me just do some training. Well, training is not going to hit the mark. You've really got to assess the organization. And this is how I got into this field to begin with, um, because I was so involved with employee engagement And I would uncover all of these things that happen to do with bias, right? And, you know, there would be conflict. Well, if you're not assessing the organization, if you're not getting a pulse check on how people are feeling about the organization, the leaders, the people, the departments, the units that people work in, there's no way in this world that you can make an impact. You've got to at least know where the organization stands and then start to um, really create some buckets of initiatives that you need to be working on to remedy those those areas where you may be deficient. You know, classic example, an organization that I worked in where, you know, we, we realized that there were three specific areas of the business where there were lots of issues and it resulted in an EEOC complaint, you know, which cost the company tens of thousands of dollars uh, because it was pervasive. And if that infrastructure had been in place to begin with, you know, they could have saved themselves some money. But we, you know, we ended up putting something in place and, um, you know, had a real commitment to diversity and inclusion such that uh, we were able to reduce those sanctions. Um, but that's very few and far between. So what you're ultimately saying is that for first comes commitment, then understanding that, yeah, you're going to make mistakes. Absolutely. <laughs> and even, you know, and I can relate to it because I am right now currently looking at organization and local organization for women in technology. And I'm planning to go on the committee there to support mentoring younger women in business. And 
as, as I was speaking to them about what I can contribute, I was asking them, what are they doing about diversity and inclusion? And she said, it's actually quite interesting. We had to create, they had to create a committee for diversity and inclusion because they were looking at the panels that were creating for the events in the past, and they were shocked uh, discovering their own biases. They would say, we go and create a powerful event for women in technology and the media, but then we would look around and look at the panel and it's all the same kind of women, <laughs> all the same kind of women. So we had to create a two people committee that would be checking in and making sure that we including people from different community. And that is an action that was driven by the commitment that you were speaking of. And you make a great point there because that's where uh, another prong of DNI in an organization is to create those employee resource groups or affinity groups, right? So these are places where people can actually go and have their voices heard. So um, really a gr- organization that really does a great job of this um, is in Manhattan and they have employee resource groups uh, for every walk of life in that organization. So there's one specifically for women. There's one specifically for men. There's one specifically for the LGBTQIA plus community, uh, people with disabilities. So there's all these resource groups. And what they do is they come together to talk about their experiences at work and how it plays out, you know, what's what's good, what's not so good. How can we go about fixing this? But it gives people a place to have their voices heard and to be able to bring that information back to the powers that be so that something can be done about it. And this particular organization went as far as to um, really put an infrastructure in place around leadership and making sure that the leaders in their organizations actually had um, inclusive departments that they ran. So their performance and their pay and their bonuses were actually based on, you know, whether or not they represented multiple diverse backgrounds and that there was inclusivity and they would do pulse checks to see how the business was performing such that, you know, it had an impact on whether or not that leader got their bonus and whether they got their, their, their raise for the year. So I thought that that was um, interesting that they would do something like that, but what it did was it it created um, an environment where you see nothing but people from diverse backgrounds and experiences. And especially for women in that organization, this is a banking institution. So, you know, women were um, at one point not seen as, you know, the people who could actually run an organization and push it forward. And being an older organization, it was um, very hard for women to get from, you know, where they were, you know, in the entry level, you know, and move up the ladder. And now it's such that there's an expectation that you have certain, you know, that you have women in certain roles um, in the organization or that they at least have the opportunity to apply for roles and be considered and taking away bias about the individual and really keeping it towards the skills, knowledge, and ability and what they've accomplished within the organization. And also putting them on a track, putting people on a track where they can be successful. You know, that means having training and resources and mentorship available to them so that they can grow in their careers and move up within the organization as well. And that doesn't just go for women. It goes for men. It goes for, you know, again, LGBTQ plus um, 
community. It goes for um, anyone, period, that they have this infrastructure in place. And it, it actually works very well because the company is extremely diverse. For me, it's inspiring to hear stories of the people applying that relentlessly because I totally get that it does require structure and relentless leadership inside of that topic. So to conclude today, uh, what would you look at? What would be your advice or maybe one action that one can take for themselves to start a journey or continue the journey they, they are committed to? I think first and foremost, it's looking within to see where you may have bias in your thinking, in your the way you think about other people, um, how you want to connect with them. Uh, how does that show up for you? And then how does it play itself out when you're interacting with people? Right. So I think that's starting with self. It's really discovering where you may have bias or some bias against a different a person or people that are different than you. That's perfect. And Tracy, thank you so much for participating and for giving your time and generosity to actually um, contribute to not only people who are listening, but to the insignium as us, as an organization and bringing it up in front for us to be engaged in and look at how are we going to be hiring? How are we going to be developing as a, consulting company that is up to making huge transformations for the large executive organizations and for the for organizations in the world. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate this conversation. Over 30 years ago, Insignium pioneered the field of organizational transformation. Please continue to our library in the episodes page of your podcast tool of choice.